Up now is the second episode of Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia. Yes, the guest is familiar, but he's very interesting and attractive, so I had to have him on again. Also, the music you hear during the breaks and even behind my voice right now is just some samples of myself during some of my practices, so you can get an even better sense of where I am in my learning, or learning, as we say down here in Georgia. I'm not editing out mistakes so that as I improve, so shall the break music. So without further ado, here is episode two. Okay, hello and welcome to episode two of Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia. My name is Carrie and I am here uh, to do a couple things. Number one, to learn more about some music uh, in Athens and just general music industry issues and exciting things <laughs> and also to learn to play an instrument which you will kind of join me along this journey that I'm doing. Uh, the instrument I'm learning to play is the banjo and I've had my first lesson which we will talk about briefly. Joining me again is the illustrious you don't like that one no. the exuberant mm -hmm. the intelligent mm, respected the respected timothy kelly hello hi yeah so uh how's it going tim it's going well yeah good we'll we'll get to you in a minute okay just just wait okay sorry Jeez. gosh one thing no, right. Yeah. Uh, no. No. So, would you like to <clears throat> hear how my first banjo lesson went? I would like nothing more. I, I thought you would say that. It didn't go good. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, it did not go well. And the reason why is because I had a massive coughing fit mm. right in the middle. And so the, the banjo teacher probably thinks I am disgusting. Right. Yeah. Or... Addicted to cigarettes? C cigarettes? I didn't smell like cigarettes. Um, mm. Cough drops? Yeah. Mm. Something that makes you cough a right. lot. But to the point where you look like you're about to throw up. Because that's what happened. Right. So, uh, Reenact that for us, please. Yeah, I I'll get there. I'm going to tell okay. you the story right now. Okay. Got to the banjo lesson. Very excited. First banjo lesson. We're start I mean, obviously, I'm doing a podcast about it. I'm very excited. Uh -huh. So I get in there. We start talking. And I just had a little, a little, <coughs> right? Mm -hmm. But I, I could feel it, that it was turning into one of my episodes. Right. You've seen, you've seen one of those. Yes. So were you, it was like the long game. You were trying to like, mm -hmm. I, I think I can get through yep. this hour. Right. Or... 30 minutes. That's all I had to get through. Did you have the opportunity at any point, do you think, that could I excuse myself for just a well, second it, and maybe I, was... I can go and find a private place to <laughs> expel all of this phlegm and coffiness? There was no... So the room that I'm we're in is about the size of Luke's closet. Right, sure. Very small. small. small place. It, Luke's closet? It's that... It's, Maybe twice that big. So you can't, like, if you 
extended anywhere past Our a slightly extended elbow, you'd be hitting the wall. Bruce's closet. <laughs> yeah, Bruce's closet is just as almost no, just Bruce's as small. closet without that thing. For, Everyone who's listening to this knows exactly what we're talking about. These are about. small closets. Like, small No, one's a walk-in. It's smaller than our walk-in closet. You can walk into it, yes, I know. But to have two people in there with instruments mm-hmm. is bizarre. It's I small. think this... I think it's for the noise. Anyway, okay. moving on. So Now, I want to hear more about this closet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel to, like... Do you want me to measure it tomorrow while we're there? I would like that because I think this is almost like... Um, uh, you know, involuntary imprisonment, like that. I think you mean involuntary. Involuntary. I know. I, I can't. I, no, it, no. It's for the sound. I think. Well, they do. You know, they don't have a lot of room. Okay. okay. Jeez. Right. Gosh. Take a chill pill. Anyhow. It's a very small space. Well, it, it encouraged coughing. Okay. Well, so imagine being closer together than we are right now, which we're sitting across a very small dining room table. Mm-hmm. And then I proceed to start coughing just a little bit right and then i know what's about to happen which is one of my fits i'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing the air quotes right now and i'm like do, do you have any water and he's like well yeah we have a water you know we have tap down the hall so we start to walk down there because i can tell it's it's happening so you unchained you from the uh we got out of the room because right. it, it was going to be bad we proceed to go down to the tap where he starts looking for a cup, but at this point, I am coughing so hard that I'm dry heaving, which is, again, really just great the first time you meet someone, five minutes in. Right. And so he can't find a cup, so I just start <laughs> shoveling tap water from a random tap upstairs at Chick's Music into my mouth. I just I kind of push him out of the way. To get to the sink yeah. and shovel water into my mouth. Just because I, I know that if I can get some water in there, it'll help. Well, finally he found some cups. And I proceed to put the cups in. But I can already tell he's very uncomfortable. Well, that's much better than what I thought had happened. Which is that you were in that tiny, like, Chateau d'If prison-style cubicle. And just <laughs> coughing all over him. Uh, that, and and he was trapped and, like, trying... <laughs> Like pressing his face up against some sort of glass, and he's like, "Un, you know, undo the lock, hit the release." And, and I'm like, you were just coughing, <laughs> yeah, like it was the stand, and you were. <laughs> I was patient zero. You yes. could not escape. Yeah. No, we did get out of the little room. We got down. Okay, well, that's I did fine. get some water. Yeah. No, it was it was horrible. I had tears flowing well, at least down he had my the face. option that he could just like look away or. But walk then we kind of like had to go back in the room. That's fine. Yeah. And then he had to sit across me while I recovered. Yeah. And he was kind of like, uh, you know, while you, while you recover, why don't I just talk to you? And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so and sorry. Slowly put on one of those masks. <laughs> like Sar- a SARS mask. A SARS mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was terrible and it really embarrassing. I don't get embarrassed very easily. Right. And I was, I was actually embarrassed because I was coughing so hard that I started sweating <laughs> profusely. To the point where the chair became wet from the sweat on my legs. It was disgusting. It was it was just really disgusting all, all around. So that's uh, me every day of my life. I sweating. Sweat, yeah, straight through my clothes and no. Yeah, the but you don't understand the leg sweat because your shorts have to be short because you're a gal. And then your legs touch anything vinyl, and immediately there's two stick 
sticks of sweat mm-hmm. on anything. So when you stand up, it's like, oh, sorry. That's when you do, like, you slide down with... With the pants. Oh, smart. And you soak up the sweat. That is really smart. Yeah, I know all the sweat tricks. <laughs> because every day of my life, I've sweat through every ounce of my clothing. Okay, so that's really smart because usually I'm just a back-of-the-leg sweater is generally where I sweat. But the the gross part, too, was that I had to stand up. I didn't do the slide, and then immediately after I left, someone was coming in, and I could see that there was still leg sweat on the chair. Right. It was it was so bad. Got to slide down. It was all bad. Soak it up, walk out. I, I will take that advice tomorrow. You're when welcome. Hopefully it doesn't happen again when I go to my lesson tomorrow. So, yeah, so anyway, that was the main story from the first lesson, but... Uh, my Great, te- sounds like you learned a lot, learned a lot. of music. I learned so much. Uh, my teacher's name, also, yeah, they didn't have the book that I needed, so it was just kind of a rough go around. Right. But, uh, but Before I you think... give your teacher's name and full address and social security number, does your teacher know that you're doing a podcast? No, but I'm not going to give his last name. Okay. Oh, it's already he, though. And he works at Chick. He works at Chick. His Identity name's... revealed. His name is Kevin. It's <laughs> <laughs> very, yeah. very nice. I'm not implicating here. I'm the one that looks like a turd. <laughs> yeah, you might want to tell him. I- I'll tell him. Okay, good. Bef- yeah, I'll tell him. Anyway, name is Kevin. Yeah. Address? Just kidding. Uh, so he he was super nice about the whole thing. You know, clearly, he didn't show that he was that uncomfortable, but I would have been. Right. So he was great. And he, uh, he, we, you know, we went straight into uh, a role, which you'll hear m- later in the show. And basically, it's that you know, ding ding ding, you know, that banjo players mm. do. Okay. Not a chord like ring. All right. Okay. A roll is ding 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 ling 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 ling. You know, ding 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 ding. Right. Like. Okay. I think like a picking, right? Yeah, like a picking, but a roll is like where you just, yeah, it's like, a, I guess, I, I mean, I don't know, I think that's what it is, I guess I'll, that's what I was told. So, we we did that, we had the coughing fit, but we talked, we did the rolls, we kind of talked about my goals, okay. which is obviously to become a world famous banjo player. Right, aim high. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I'm going to go, I'm going all in on this, or at least an Athens famous banjo player. Really, I just want it to where the point where I'm good enough that local bands are like, hey, we need a banjo player for this song. We should call Carrie. Yeah. Still pretty high. Mm. Yes. I'm still young. Yeah, I know people. Okay. Okay. Way to support my dreams. Okay, anyway. Um, and so I've just also uh, been trying to listen to more Bluegrass. Okay. On, uh, good. On, right. Yeah, Bluegrass Junction, Sirius XM. Not a sponsor yet. <laughs> of this podcast. Of right. this podcast. Right. Uh, and, you know, I have found that I definitely have a distinctive like of certain types of bluegrass, which is more the old bluegrass. So okay. kind of, uh, you're not going to know any of these names, but right. Flat and Scruggs, Bill Monroe. Okay. But you would know the style, kind of the old kind of grainy sound, banjo and fiddle. Grainy though, that might just be. Listen, I can make it grainy. Okay, I can make it grainy. (laughs) But the banjo fiddle with the harmony. Old banjos sounded grainy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add some grain in. Okay. If I ever make a record. Like literally paste grain to the string. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or just do that. Yeah, as you sing. As I sing. No, you can do it. 
while I sing, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. All right. But the the old the banjo, the fiddle, and the harmony. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. And then I also, of course, as we talked about last week, love just honky tonk, which mm-hmm. doesn't usually have a banjo in it. But hey, there's first time for everything. There's first time for everything. That is a country song. You didn't know that. So, uh, have you ever listened to to bluegrass music, Tim? Did you listen to it growing up at all? Did your parents like it? No, not uh, at all. Uh, I think I was just aware of it generally probably from Deliverance. (laughs) And that was probably about it. That's exactly what I want to be thought of when you think of that. Tis the truth. Uh, I think the first time I was more conscious of it was um, Oh Brother, Where where Art Thou? Which is kind of where I, yeah, fell in love with it. Big fan of that movie. Yeah. And then just from there, your exploration into it bled over into mine. But uh, yeah, no, I never listened to Bluegrass at all. Do you like it? I do. uh, But more for... The novelty of it, mm-hmm. I would say. Like, like I like the oh to, Brother Where Art Thou stuff. Yeah, I like to listen to it for a bit. <laughs> and then, eh, I'm good, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like to listen to it for too long. But you did love those Packway Handle shows. Those were very fun. Yeah. yeah they Because the, they did exactly probably what, you know, their audience, like I was the audience, I guess, for them, that... Um, just when you started getting bored with like traditional bluegrass, they would throw in a Madonna cover or in excess or something like that. Uh, and so that made it very, you know, fun and they were very high energy and high octane. Um, so I don't know if I could just watch a traditional bluegrass show for an hour or two. Yeah, I can see that. But first it it calms me, you know, it's kind of like that Moana music. Yeah. If I came from a different musical background yeah I think I could see that what, but cal- what calms you Morrissey <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know uh, REM I think like that kind of stuff it just it, does it soothe you yeah yeah. I, yeah it just gets me back to base, I, I need some, I need soothing when it comes to music and you know what does that for me bluegrass and you know what else that Moana music Moana right yeah that, Hawaii, that uh, Polynesian music yeah, so you can see, a, but you there's know, a connection, a yeah. There, yeah, between the two, definitely yeah. connection, yeah. All right, well, we're gonna take a little break, and we'll be back in a second to talk about uh, music and banjos and the work of Han. Okay, we're back with music lessons from Athens, Georgia. And uh, still talking to Tim Kelly here from the, of the Rook and Pawn and also of the Kelly household. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much on this podcast from, from here on out, I, I have appreciated you being the guest. Thank you. But the point really is to kind of get some, some interesting stories about music experiences. Okay. Okay. So we'll get, we're going to get some interest, uh, we're going to talk about an interesting story from you right now. Okay. And that is our trip to Spain. Yes. Okay. So many of our, of our friends know this story. Yes. <laughs> Every one of our friends knows the story. Yeah. But it is still a good story. So I guess, uh, you know, 
some of the things that I think would interest people, you know, about the trip would would be, you know, probably not our incredible lunch that we had, mm. but really more when we actually got to the concert. So a little background. You want to give the background on this? Yeah, sure. Um, we talked a little bit about this last time, I think, but uh, I was a big REM fan growing up, and it's pretty much the only reason I came to Athens in the first place. It is the reason I came to Athens. Uh, so I was lucky enough to attend law school at the University of Georgia and to have uh, Burtis Downs as my professor for entertainment law. Burtis was a, um, he was the manager for REM is, was, and always will be the manager for REM. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, during law school, there is a group called the Equal Justice Foundation that provides money for law students during the summer to work for nonprofits. So um, they would volunteer at a nonprofit organization and the Equal Justice Foundation would give them a stipend to live. Mm -hmm. And the way they raise money is by asking for UGA law professors to provide a donation and oftentimes it's like an experience it would be you know your torts professor takes you to a baseball game and pizza and and you get to hang out with them which is a great way to interact with uh, a professor outside of class which can be helpful when looking to get a job exactly or when so the year that this all happened Burtis was on tour with REM uh, this was oh man I want to say the Around the Sun Tour. Yes. Yes, the Around the Sun Tour, 2005. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he couldn't do something in town. Uh, so his donation was that if you you know won this auction that the Equal Justice Foundation did, you could have two tickets to anywhere you wanted in their European tour, and he just promised a sort of a VIP experience. Um, and it was just one of those things where I just, all the stars aligned and I felt like this was something that we had to do, even though we didn't have the money to do it. We did not. So at the urging of some of my fellow classmates and Carrie and others, you know, we just kind of went for it. Um, we got, we got the tickets and then, you know, booked the travel, um, but uh, before we knew where we were going to go, uh, we had a chance to talk to Burtis, and that was kind of interesting where, um, you know, we were tr we, Carrie and I had never been to Europe before, and so we were looking at all the dates, and we saw, you know, London, Paris, you know, Portugal, or Lisbon, you know. Uh, and when I talked to Burtis, he said, you know, you shouldn't pick the big cities because, you know, they'll have lots of, the band members will have lots of stuff to do there. You should pick a city that, you know, may be really cool to go visit, but they may not have a lot of friends mm -hmm. at. Although we might have gotten to hang with Bono, but <laughs> that's okay. true. Yeah, right. Um, he was just trying to find, like, look out for us, like, uh, to maximize our experience Definitely. with the band members. I think he was right. And so he actually selected Granada in Spain. Mm -hmm. Granada is a town in South eastern Spain, towards southeastern Spain. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the site of the Alhambra, which is a uh, like 14th century Moorish uh, temple that sits on top of a huge like mountain. Like a city yeah, yeah, it's a city on top of a city, essentially. Um, it's a beautiful place, uh, and it was also the first date of the second leg of the tour, which he 
kind of picked out as a place that they'll be well rested. Mm-hmm. There are like they'll be coming back in. They'll have a little bit of free time at the beginning of the t- you know, beginning of the date. So um, as Carrie alluded to, we had a beautiful lunch with lots of famous people <laughs> before the <laughs> before the show. Um, but then uh, the actual show is amazing. It was in this old soccer stadium, uh, sort of in the outskirts of Granada. And we got to go back into old, old bowels of the uh, the old place, and we saw everyone getting ready. And uh, we actually didn't see them getting ready, but like I know that uh, I believe Michael Stipe was getting a massage mm. just to. Was kind that before of or after? Up. It might have been before. I can't remember if it was before or after. Just seeing people getting his like makeup ready, and then seeing set lists like sort of shuffled back and forth, um, and then kind of getting whisked away, you know, to close to the soundboard to find the greatest sort of sound quality of the of the whole night, um, and seeing the Spanish audience react to all of them it was fantastic, and then getting back into. Um, the, the bowels of the stadium afterwards and seeing them sweaty and mm-hmm. wet t-shirts that they, uh, More massages. You're right. And, uh, there were, um, audience members who were throwing their sweaty, disgusting t-shirts up on stage and that they, uh, were given to us as mementos. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. And we got the, the olive oil. You're right. No, yeah. the, the base, the olive oil and the Right, for a memento of our lunch from before, uh, we had beautiful olive oil from Spain. But the one that I just remember was that, I can't remember who it was, but I, I feel like it was one of the, that might have been like, um, Mike Mills had given it to one of like the roadies, and then who gave it to Burtis, and then Burtis is like, hey, do you want this? And it was just this sweaty t-shirt that well, someone had thrown on stage. It was like, it was just some Spanish dude's sweaty t-shirt. <laughs> and at the time, I'm like, absolutely, I want it so much. I don't think that ended up coming home with us. It did not. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't really That's want great. this sweaty t-shirt. And then I had to go find a place to wash my hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we rode on a bus back, you know, into town with Burtis and... Uh, with every... With Sergi. And Sergi. Yeah. It was, yeah, one of their friends, but... Um, it was just from start to finish an amazing way to like kind of see the whole process of how this huge rock and roll operation, um, you know, puts on a show. Right. Yeah. So, you know, quickly we went to lunch with, with Burtis and a guy named Sergi Arola, which apparently he is a very famous chef in Spain, so famous that they opened a closed restaurant for us to eat in. Uh, and the staff wanted to take pictures with him and not Michael Stipe. So, cause Michael Stipe ended up joining us for lunch and, and got a cheese plate right before it was almost time to start the concert, which was really funny because yeah. they were encouraging him to not get a cheese plate, but he got one anyway. Right. Uh, so we all rode in limos. Did you say that over to the concert? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, um, and then, yeah, Sergi gave us the olive oil and the olive oil kind of bowls, right. you know, to which we still have. Mm-hmm. I think we still have the olive oil, actually, 12 right. years later, because we're so scared to use it because it seemed nice. But I think the coolest thing to me at the concert was that every single person there knew every word to every song in English. They did. And yep. we were in Spain. And I don't know if a Spanish band came here that I would know every word to every I song. I always think that, especially you know, when bands go to Japan. Right. And, yeah, same kind of thing. And just the, hearing them, I mean, we got to stand in the sound booth, remember? And uh, 
yep. kind of back in the middle there and just to see the whole crowd. So we weren't up close to the stage really, but we kind of, we had a good vantage point. Mm-hmm. But just to see the crowd just so into it and doing the soccer chants, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of the concert, it was just really yeah. amazing to see that. Yeah. And then, of course, I don't know if you remember that, but they did play, like, pretty much one of my favorite R.E.M. songs. Leave. Leave. Yeah. That was their opener. And remember, Burtis did not want us to see the set list. I know, because you had said that one of your favorite songs was Leave. And then I'm like, did they do this for me? Because apparently <laughs> it was she, the yeah. first time ever they have played that song first in the entire right. history yeah. of R.E.M., so, R.E.M., if you did do that for me, <laughs> thank you so much, because that was really great. All right. Uh, incredible, actually, and uh, I couldn't believe it. But probably my favorite R.E.M. live song. Is Walk Unafraid. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. It is. If you get a chance, well, if you get a chance to see that on DVD. Right, yeah. Check it on YouTube. Do it. Yeah. It's so great. The song, of course, is great in and of itself, but live. Yeah, they definitely, yeah. Incredible. The way they tweaked it live makes it so much, I don't know, just much more full and rich. Yeah. And, yeah. And then uh, just briefly, very briefly, uh, a kind of a behind-the-scenes story. Uh, same time. So day after, we go to the show, incredible. We get home, you know, get back to the hotel, go to sleep, wake up the next day, it's time to go to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Bar- Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Got to get on a train. Yeah. But we get, we, ha- we have incidents. You get food poisoning. Uh, yes. Yes. I get food poisoning. Uh, I lose my camera right? in the taxi that takes us to the train station. Right. I leave you vomiting not you didn't actually vomit in the train station I vomited in the hotel yeah in the lobby i'll leave you sick in the train station trying to reclaim the camera sobbing i was sobbing (laughs) and long story short i found the camera in like in a city the size of savannah georgia yeah he finds the taxi that we were in somehow so my my method was that i knew that i had left the camera in the back of the taxi that drove us to the train station. This camera had every photograph. This was before phone. I, I this is our film. This is my film camera. This was the only source of photographs yeah. Yeah. from yeah. this entire trip that I we had. had all my taken. rolls of film and the film the camera in yeah. the bag. Right. Uh, so I, the best guess that I had, we had an hour and a half before the train left. So I figured that the cab might be running a loop between. The hotel and the train station. Because the hotel was on a pretty big square. Right. After I tried to talk to the cab drivers outside of the train station and realized that was not going to work because they only spoke Spanish and I spoke English. Right. They had no idea what I was talking about. So I just convinced one of them to take me back to the hotel and I just hoped that our cab driver would be back at our hotel. Right. But we got halfway back, and I saw the cab driver across the street. Insane. In the main thoroughfare in Granada. I frantically made our driver stop. I ran across like four lanes of traffic, found our old cab driver, asked him to pop the trunk. My camera was there. We drove back, and everything worked out. And And all our pictures are still in our living room right now from that trip. That's right. And recall, though, that there were no cell We didn't have cell phones at all. Yeah. on this so Tim had to leave me come back yeah 
in a train station in Granada, Spain, and just, yeah, I just had to hope he'd get there before the train left, or should I get on the train or just stay? <laughs> so luckily, it all worked out. Uh, so And real quick, real quick. Yeah. Um, speaking of REM concerts, my first REM concert ever was in 1995 at the Cap Center in um, Washington, D.C. slash Landover, Maryland. Right. So just a couple weeks ago... <sighs> Landover. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the story came out about a guy who bought furniture from an old, like an auction somewhere. Okay. And he flipped over this desk, and he found on the bottom of a like pull-out office sort of desk, one of the drawers, was this poem, and it was... Yeah, I can't remember what it what, what mm-hmm. was at the bottom, but at the, at the bottom it said um, G.L. Phillips and M. Stipe. And okay. so that show, my first show that I ever saw, um, even though I was 17 years old, took me a while because they I missed the Green Tour and they didn't tour for a long time. Right. Monster was the first tour after Green. Can't and, miss that. Yeah, can't so miss that. At Green, I was just 10 years old. But yeah, anyway. Um, that was the first tour that I got to see. Uh, their opening band was Grantley Buffalo. Grantley Phillips was their lead right. singer, Michael Stipe and Grantley Phillips. After the show, went to their room, and apparently Stipe has a penchant for Stipe writing poetry different. on the bottom of furniture. And this guy found the desk of that show, my first show. Uh, huh. and Yeah. Uh, just at an auction and it wasn't a song it was just a random poem they apparently and I think Michael Stipe has confirmed this on Instagram that he was just incredibly intoxicated ah. and they both lied down on the bottom the floor. of the floor right. and wrote poetry and then went to sleep you wish you had that desk uh, well, yeah I definitely do it was my first show my I first know, that's R.E.M. pretty show amazing ever. yeah big yeah. R.E.M. fan good story yeah uh, so just again I want to talk about a couple other things um one being something we really love is 120 Minutes. We love watching that uh, on now MTV Classic. It used to be VH1 Classic. Of course, we loved watching it when it first came out. But now we watch it to reminisce. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I want to talk about is how strange it is of now that we know or have contact with so many people on that show. Mm-hmm. A- A.K.A. Michael Stipe. Not that we're friends with Michael Stipe, right. but we did have lunch with Michael Stipe once. Yeah. You know, uh, interactions with Dave Barbie, Barbie coaches Little League where our David son Lowry. plays. David Lowry. And yeah. all these people show up on this show and it is so weird, you know, to have these connections with people who in the 90s were gods, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just, you know, you they were so unattainable, you know. Yeah. And so just our kids kind of growing up in this environment where not only through that we have, I mean, those things are different where we've kind of met up with those. It's been through the university pretty much, you know. And I guess if you live in a college town or a town like Athens, you're going to be bound to to meet up with people that are in bands. But our kids kind of growing up in this world where you really can have contact with just about any celebrity you want, whereas when we were kids, it was just... You know, at this unattainable thing, these people were like royalty, you know. And, yeah. And now it's it's nothing like that anymore. I think that's good, though. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Because you don't have that kind of worship thing with, with right. these people. And especially, you know, 
people that you might idolize that may not be making the best decisions, <laughs> you know, you kind of realize that they are right. normal people. Yeah, I think there's two different things going on there. One, that, you know, we have been able to meet those people that we idolized, and then, but, and then now, going forward, you know, our kids being able to have that interactivity with who their celebrity icons will right. be. I think those are kind of two different things. Who do you but, think their celebrity icons will be? Oh, man. Well, I don't know. I, it's, it's all brainwashing right now. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always, whenever we're driving down the road and our little serious XM reader, you know, comes up, mm-hmm. I just listen to what I want to listen to. And so just, uh, I think it was yesterday. Yes. I know exactly what you're going to say. Uh, um, REM came on. Mm-hmm. Pretty Persuasion. Yeah, that was different. That was for Luke, but this one was uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember. I think it might have been Fall on Me, and oh, that was the first song like ever heard. I was taking Bruce to school though, and mm. Bruce is just three years old, right. and I just put my hand over it, and Bruce at this point kind of just knows it's like memory, it's like muscle memory where. Right. I say, hey, what band is this? And he always says, LDC, LDC sound, sound system, system. Which we know it's LCD sound system. Or Beck, because it was just sort of like a running joke, you know. Right. That. But I held it up over, and I said, who is this? And he said, this is R.E.M. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What song was it? Do you remember? I oh, think Fall it was Fall on Me. me. Yeah. yeah, well, that's perfect. Um, so they're very good at that. And Luke gets very excited when Nirvana comes on, and he oh, loves yeah. R.E.M. And um, yeah, they Luke. both like the car seat headrest song. I love that song. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Killer Whales drunk driver song. Uh, but I don't know. I'm waiting for that first thing. You know, I've talked about Luke with Pokemon as like a yeah. pop culture thing where like he kind of sought that out mm-hmm. on his own, that he kind of found that and likes it. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had that yet really with music and he's sick. So I, I'm just waiting for like what he kind of what finds. What he likes, yeah. yeah. He likes Moana. He loves Moana. So the Disney music, the the musicals, he's like he likes Phantom of the Opera. He likes that yes, kind of stuff. Yes, both so, the boys love that. But of course, you know we've introduced that to him too. But um, well, that's I'm the only waiting. way they could get it. Yeah, so. at some point he's going to start listening to music, and he'll find something that we I don't hope know. he'll influence his friends to listen to good music. I think he will. I think so too. Yeah, both of them. Okay, good. So quickly, this is the the trivia section. Very short answers. Okay, favorite music venue? Um, I think now I'd say the 40 watt. Mm, yeah. I love how comfortable the new Georgia Theater is. Yes. I think before that, though, I would say the old Georgia Theater mm-hmm. before it burned. But now I'd say the 40 watt. Yeah. I love going to the theater, but... Right now, 40 watts is my favorite. It just feels very comfortable. I thought you were going to say, I was thinking more like Meriwether. Oh, like a big venue. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Meriwether, it's just a, you know. Yeah. Phillips? Oh, geez. I don't know, like a big one. Oh, uh, Chastain. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Chastain's great. Chastain's awesome. Okay, best concert ever? Granada. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And why? We've already explained it. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, my second best concert ever was, what do you think, Tim? Your second best concert ever? There's a, it's a tie. There's a tie. Sort of. Well, there's a second best and then a second and a half best. I, uh, 
Think There's about, a lot. Think about my personal likes. You would say like Backstreet Boys. New Kids on the Block. Oh, New Kids, right. Yeah. The first New Kids on the Block concert that I ever saw, age 32. <laughs> right. Held all their hands, lost my mind, thought I wasn't going to like it or care that much about it, and literally the second they came out, lost my mind, turned into a 13-year-old girl until probably three days later. Right. Little note on that one. Lady Gaga opened up for the opening band. Right. I remember that. Yep. Which obviously has worked out well for her. And my second and a half favorite concert was Guns N' Roses reunion tour last year. Incredible. Okay. Cried November rain and met. Just insane. I was going to go deep cut. I thought you might say the brotherly love Oasis. That was, I, I always think about that Black one. Black Crow show. That was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Oasis and Black Rose. Other Oasis shows. Remember they threw the pick out and we caught the pick. Yes. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Still have it somewhere. And the Gall- Noel Gallagher's pick. Probably Noel, yeah. And uh, not as not like the other Oasis show we went to. We Mid- almost Midtown, got crushed almost was death. murdered. Yeah. By uh, people, tra- teenage idiots yeah. trying to kill me. Who are now... Probably 35 years old. Yes, they are. Because uh, we were also teenage idiots. Well, we were like 21. We were 21, yeah. But And we uh, were blaming it on slightly younger year olds. Yeah. yeah, but they were idiots. Yeah. Because they were trying to rush the stage and nearly crushed me in yeah. whatever style people get crushed. My ribs were suffering. And I had to get pulled out of the crowd. And then I ended up talking to the Owsley band. Yeah, right. Did but, we talk about Owsley last week? Yeah. 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 We did. We did. We're going to bring Owsley up every single Double podcast. shout out to Owsley. Yes. Yep. All right, next. You ready? Favorite uh-huh. song. Go. Ever. Losing, losing My Religion. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. November Rain. Can't can't beat it. It's so incredible. I just liked R.E.M. Um, just from hearing him from my sisters, but that was the one, you know, just when it came out, I was 13 years old, 12 or 13 years old, and that's what completely just... That was the song that just broke in my mind in half, yeah. Yeah. I think mine, November Rain, is because we had MTV forever, and I remember watching all the premieres, and I distinctly remember waiting so long for that premiere because of Don't Cry had the cool mm. video, but then November Rain was supposed to be incredible, and it came out, and it right. was so good. We weren't rich enough to have cable. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we were real rich, living in Midway. Well, sounds like it. Ugh. We had one of those big black satellite dishes. Those, like, eight-foot-wide satellite dishes. We had a knob that you had to turn, and, and then... And the antenna yeah. on the roof moved. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we're going to take another break, and we'll be back in a mo. And uh, you're going to hear me play some banjo. with music lessons from Athens, Georgia. And we're talking to Tim Kelly. And now we're going to just, this is uh, our last segment here. We're going to talk a little bit about what Tim's up to uh, at the Rook and Pond. Uh, Specifically, the podcast. Yes, we have uh, the Rook and Pondcast, which uh, is 
me, Tim Kelly, and Carrie has been a featured guest. My co-host is Justin Bray, and we talk to local Athenians um, about what they're doing in town, their interaction with games. Uh, we play a game with them and uh, just talk about what's new at the Rook and Pond. Awesome. So I was listening to the last episode, episode four, uh, where you're talking to Maddox Schuler. Yep. From Very interesting. Master. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I am interested to hear if you are ever interested in designing our own game. I know. Maddox is an. Maddox and Kyle Key from Keymaster Games are amazing game designers. Uh, and so I've always had ideas about designing a game, but to see how they go about it and how to do it right, I know that I might like to do it. I might give them an idea and see what they think and then maybe hand it off to them mm-hmm. and not make me necessarily design it on my own. Uh, I think because to design it right, you need months and months if not years yeah yeah i think you could do it (laughs) i got an idea okay tell you about it later sweet okay it's a banjo game banjo game no all right uh okay before i play any advice just think smart and think Mm. bald that's my advice. That's great advice. Thank you. Okay. It's the same thing I tell all the kids in baseball. Yeah. Think smart. Think bald. All the six-year-olds. Yep. They really listen to that. They don't care. Yeah, no, they don't care about anything. That's why I just make stuff up. That's right. why. I... And they just, then they say, where are the snacks? Yep. Where are the snacks? So that literally is what I say, and I pass that on to you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to play a little bit. As you, as I played the last, oh God, Tim's asleep. <laughs> so since my first lesson, I've learned that uh, how to hold the banjo, which is important, and I've also tuned my banjo, which is better than it sounded last week. Because okay. remember, last time I had no idea what I was doing. Right. Banjo is tuned. I've learned I have to put anchor a finger on the banjo here, and then we're gonna hear a little bit of what I've learned, which isn't much, but. And there's... you only play three strings? Some chords you only play three strings, correct. Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. Tim's head literally just exploded. It's way too hard. All over the dining room table. So yeah, so that's... I just like to listen and then criticize music and not actually I, appreciate. I, I'm having some trouble... Keeping my fingers straight on those. The, the one I'm the best at is, uh, is the one that seems the hardest. Because it doesn't repeat. Mm. And when it starts to repeat, I lose my, my 
my fingers a little bit. So anyway, so definite improvement, I think, since yeah. last time. Fantastic. And uh, I'll have my next lesson tomorrow. Yeah. And we'll see what goes from there. Okay. So here goes. A little banjo. And then a little... So is my indentured servitude on the podcast over? Oh, jeez, Louise. Or do we have some new exciting guest? You know, Tim, I'll try to find someone else, okay? <laughs> no, Tim, you'll be back. Don't worry. Yeah, oh boy. Oh, boy. You don't want to hear me play the banjo? I hear it every night. Oh, really? Yeah. While you're watching the baseball games? That's exactly right. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well... That's the end of our show this uh, week, and uh, I hope you enjoyed Tim and I's reminiscing about our music past. From here on out, we'll have some more interesting stories for you. But this has been Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia, and we appreciate you listening. Bye. Bye. This has been Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia. We hope you enjoyed hearing some more of our stories, and next time we will have an actual musician on the show. So keep listening, and we hope you'll come back for more. See you soon.